guess what day it is? It is tell all day. It is tell all Monday. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome back to the Melanated Way with your hosts, April and Linda. Uh, I'm gonna do some housekeeping real quick. Oh my gosh. First of all, can you believe it's first of all it's May? Okay. And you know, May is my month. And I'm still wearing sweaters, y'all. I cannot believe it. Like I just if you don't think global warming is real, I'm telling you. Okay, so that's the first thing. Second thing, bottom of the screen, uh, you can see where you can support the show. It's super appreciated when you do. And super chat and super stickers are also very appreciated as well. I'll leave that up for a little bit um, and then I'll take it down. Um, also, while you have some time, you guys, go ahead and like and subscribe to my page as well as April's page. She is streaming live in conjunction right now over on her page. So go ahead and show her some support. Um, and I know that a lot of you guys are, are, myself included, keeping an eye on this last Laker versus Denver game. So uh, I'll keep that open and give you guys some live updates if you care about that. <laughs> Do you want to say anything, April, before we get started? I care about it. I care about it. Keep the updates coming. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Drea. Hi, Joslo. Ties where Amanda's in the house. Yo, listen, I try to put my jeans on. I, I have, listen, I don't even recognize myself. I need to <laughs> get my act together and start working out again because, woo. There's no summer bodies happening here. Just Taco Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever makes you happy. Just get bigger jeans if necessary. Oh, Lord. Okay. So, part two. 90 Day Fiance the Other Way. Tell all. Overall thoughts, April? My overall thought was just watching people's relationship with the truth is really interesting. Right? So interesting. Very, very much so. <laughs> um, my raw thoughts, you guys, I'm going to be coming in hot. So I'm going to put that disclaimer out there right now. I'm going to be coming in hot. I was just not impressed with a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Um, I feel like there were some missed opportunities. Uh, I feel like some people skated off free and some people did not. Mm -hmm. um, there were, I felt like, I don't know about you guys, and tell me in the live chat or if you're watching the replay, I felt Sean's energy was a little off on part two lot of dead air and a lot of like they're looking at her because these are first timers you gotta remember they've never done a tell-all before right so sean is the leader she's the host she sets the tempo she asked the questions and i don't know there was just a lot of dead air and they're looking at her like what and she's looking at them i was like why are we just all sitting here dead airing right that's an opportunity to ask a question that we spent you know I'm exaggerating, but hundreds of hours watching, perhaps ask the questions that we all have the questions that we want asked besides, right. you know, Gabe doing the most, which I'll get into later. Um, Carol said, Sean barely participated and Crystal said, uh, everybody lying. <laughs> um, Drea said, listening to you while walking the Stairmasters. Girl, I need to get on the Stairmaster too. Back. Smart. Smart. Um, so that being said, oh, um, okay, so that being said, let's just jump in. So we open the tell all with Nicole, 
and she's uh, crying and apologizing for Mahmood. I don't know why she's apologizing for her husband. I actually don't even know why she's crying. Is, is she crying because she's upset that her husband is showing up and showing out? Is she crying because people are seeing another side of him? Like, I wasn't sure what the tears were about. What did you think they were about? I think that she's conflict adverse and doesn't deal well with anytime people are having conflict that is emotional. Um, I think she's actually does okay with stating her opinion at times, but anytime it becomes emotionally overwhelming, I think she has difficulty. She, she might, well, I won't say that. I mean, you're gonna have to say it now. <laughs> I was just thinking about some of her other behaviors. Maybe she's somewhere on the spectrum. Mm, interesting. You know, just think about like how she burst into tears while she was washing her face, um, her flat affect that she has a lot of times. You know, remember Aswelu got really overwhelmed when people were yelling at each other and he started hitting himself. It kind of reminded me of some of that. Uh, oh. <laughs> yes. Wait, my mama's calling. <laughs> Mom, I'll call you right back. I'm doing my show. <laughs> okay, love you, bye. You know when the mothers call, I don't know if you have African parents, but you have to answer at all times. Or else something's going to go very wrong. Very wrong in your life. Okay, so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I wasn't sure. So then there's Gabe, right? So Gabe is challenging Mahmood. Um, and Gabe is talking a lot of shit, in my opinion, and saying that anytime Mahmood finds the situation difficult, he walks away. Um, and so what I thought was interesting is that, so Mahmood takes off, he's like cussing and yelling and all this stuff. And I thought it was interesting, April, that Sean asked Nicole to step off stage and go and get him. Right, not a producer. So was this just an opportunity for them to get more content filmed by having Nicole be the one to go do it? Or did he say at some point, I only want to speak to Nicole? Well, we needed that backstory because again, you're in New York City, you've got a ton of producers, you got at least one producer per couple. So like, where's the producer for that couple? that you spent the whole season with them. Why don't you go and find where he is? She's the talent. And again, missed opportunities so that you can maybe talk to her. Alone. And yes. Alone and see if you're going to have a different answer than her just sitting there crying and apologizing for her husband. Like, I just, I don't get it. Anyways. So then uh, Danielle speaks up a little bit. She found this whole situation triggering. It reminded her of her situation uh, with Johan and how it's difficult for them to have hard conversations as well. And uh, she finds that the relationship is similar in the sense that uh, the rules um, are very oppressive for women, in Danielle's opinion. And, you know, I want to have this conversation, and I understand you guys, that a lot of you guys, I don't care what you believe or don't believe. Okay, I'm going to speak from my personal perspective. Um, and here's where I gr agreed with Mahmood. And one of the things that I'm having an issue with, and all the Americans, 
April included, you guys can school me. But I feel like this was a little bit of attack on um, Mahmoud's Muslim Islamic ways and traditions. I grew up Christian. Why did I grow up Christian? Because my parents were Christian. As an adult, do I have the opportunity to explore other things and believe other things? Absolutely. I'm grown. I can believe what I want to believe. Just like April, you believe what you want to believe. You grew up a different way. So I couldn't understand the attacks on Mahmoud and him, quote, forcing his children that don't exist yet to be Muslim, as if that's a bad thing. I'm going to tell you, you're going to grow up the way your parents raise you. And as an adult, you can decide if that's something that you want to continue to do. But for Gabe to attack Mahmoud and say that he was forcing this, quote, oppressive um, belief system on his family, I thought that that was a very Western way of thinking. I felt like it was um, not very worldly. And I also, too, felt that because we already know that Gabe has some uh, damage and trauma from his experience with people who are believers. And so he takes religion and organized religion a specific way, and he's filtering his beliefs onto Mahmoud. Now, would we have the same conversation, just like and Mahmoud said, and I agree with him, if it was Christian or Jewish or whatever, we would be still having this conversation where you're telling people that they're forcing their faith on their children. What are your thoughts, April? I wish that they had the conversation differently. I don't know why the conversation had to involve imaginary children. They could have just talked about what exists right now and said, instead of saying that it has anything to do with him being Muslim, um, the first question I would ask is, do you want her to cover up because it makes you feel more comfortable as a man? Because that's what I hear you saying. Or do you believe that that makes her closer to your God? um by covering and then after that they can have like a better direction for the conversation because talking about imaginary children i don't really understand why it got to that point but with regards to like whether or not they're attacking his faith and everyone grows up their faith i think if him and nicole weren't arguing about the religion then it wouldn't have been an issue if they were agreed um I mean, we've had, I think somebody's reminded me we had the Jewish couple. Um, I'm forgetting their names, Alexi and whatever her name is. You know, if they were having a disagreement on how to handle something within the religion, then it probably would have come up. But I, I don't remember having another couple that disagreed on a religion issue. But, and I'm going to agree to disagree with you. I don't, think that that's the way Gabe came across. I think that what you're saying makes sense. If if we're talking about these two, their whole season have not agreed on religion. That's one thing. But Gabe was saying that Mahmoud's religion as a whole was oppressive, that he was forcing his faith on um, his imaginary children. And I just, just didn't think it was okay. And I, again, I feel like if this was any other religion, would we be having this conversation? And even if it wasn't a religion, if someone... Families have a lot going on. 
Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Uh, is agnostic or whatever and decides that they're not going to believe in whatever they don't believe in. Is that something that you attack as well? Like, I just, I, I'm not okay with it. Yeah. And I understand well, where Mahmood is coming from. Now, did he handle it absolutely wrong in my opinion? Yes, he's got anger issues. Absolutely. Is he immature? Absolutely. And so I'm not making any excuses for those things because it, his anger was inappropriate. But I also could see that there was some frustration there. And I think that the frustration came from who are you to attack me when, if you think about it, you guys, he's in this very closed um according to gay, very closed, very oppressive uh, religion. But did you see him say anything about anything? He completely accepted Gabe as a transgender male, didn't ask any questions, didn't be derogatory. He listened. And even if he doesn't agree or if he does agree, he was still respectful. And this is the problem I was having with Gabe in this episode. Part two, I feel like Gabe is a little bit of a busybody and I feel like he, although he asked some of the questions that we want to hear, he also filters it through his narrow way of thinking. And April, I'm going to have to say that I now finally see what you've been saying all along where I still have a lot of learning to do about the transgender community, but I feel like Gabe specifically is really latching on to this like machismo I am the man stereotype where it's worrisome and bothersome to me at the same time. It's very worrisome. I had hoped that he would have a more evolved um, position on gender and gender roles and how you express masculinity and femininity. But the more we see him, the more that we know that he doesn't. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked. Like, and it's I'm really shocked. depressing. I mean, we'll get to the one comment that he made that really Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> irritated me, but yeah. So there's that. Okay, so um Nicole obviously you know goes off stage, does what she's told by Sean, uh FaceTimes Mahmood. And Mahmoud's screaming and cussing up a storm. He's kicking trees. He's screaming at Nicole saying, you're not supporting me. And Gabe is attacking me. And he kept saying, Gabe is being mean. Gabe is being mean. And he's saying that, you know, it's not a good look. It makes me look bad. It makes my country look bad. It makes my religion look bad. And again, I feel like he had some great points, April. However, I do think that the way he handled the situation was not the, like, it wasn't okay. Like, wasn't. first of all, what are you yelling at Nicole for? Just like Nicole said, like, I can't control what other people say. Okay. But I had an issue with her saying that though. Okay. Go. She's saying I can't control what other people say, but she's constantly, well, not constantly. We've seen two times 
that she's triangulated other people into their relationship to say things that she does want said. She specifically said to Gabe, are you going to tell him that? I, I, and then, you know, when she invited the yoga friend over to the house, she's or, or to the restaurant she specifically wanted her to express some of her opinion and then she goes back to Mahmoud and says yes my friend was being too harsh or I can't control what Gabe is saying but you wanted those things said Nicole absolutely agree with you I absolutely agree with you and I'm going to tell you guys something and I know that you're I'm going to start it now and I told you guys I'm on one today but I also believe everything that I'm saying um, and we can have a discussion about it, but this is how I feel. I feel like, okay, so first I'm going to tell you this. So they come back to stage, um, and Mahmoud comes back on camera. Nicole sits down, and Nicole's still like wounded little bird crying the whole nine yards. And Debbie tells Nicole, oh, poor Nicole, poor Nicole. And Nicole needs a hug. And here, here's my issue. Okay. This is my issue for the whole episode. Um, and you can look at my thumbnail. I'm like, so in all of this, the whole part two of the tell all where we're having the opportunity to speak to everyone and look at everyone's actions. None of the Americans did wrong. So all the foreigners are in the wrong. <laughs> make that make sense to me. So Debbie's coming to console poor Nicole, who's been a victim all season. And although she's the one that decided to marry this man, been married to this man, decided to convert to uh, his religion in a couple of days without doing any research, promised him that he was, she was going to wear the hijab and dress conservative, all the things. And then she had a change of mind, which is fine. Change your mind. But then you're not the victim here. Right. And so in all of this, I was like, oh, I'm looking at I'm looking at Debbie sideways. I'm looking at Gabe sideways. I'm looking at all y'all sideways because how are all the Americans done no wrong? Because I can sit here and blame the Americans just as easily as the foreigners. But this episode was a lot of blaming the foreigners. And I I was like, one of the things that I think that. Okay, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> One of the things I understand about America and growing up in America, and I didn't grow up in America, but what I'm saying is that I think that I understand, and April, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but everything is American-centric, and America is the greatest country on earth, and and this, the whatever you guys salute the flag and all the things, and you have the flags and the banners mm-hmm. on your cars and your mm-hmm. houses and the trees and mm-hmm. the sky and the lights. And it's America, 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 right? So it's that. And so I understand that pride and joy of your country. And, you know, I respect that. But I also think that you grow up believing that America is the end all be all. And then to top it all off. And I was just having this conversation. So I now know the stats. So the statistics of Americans traveling abroad is 12%. Only 12% of America, Americans have traveled abroad. 12%. Mm -hmm. And guess what? 
out of those 12 percent oh shoot i'm just gonna and someone's gonna come and quote me and tell me wrong i know the 12 percent is right but it's less than 10 percent of americans actually have passports yep that's true so that being said okay let's take it back to the other way if y'all haven't been anywhere and the majority of you believe like America's the greatest, then perhaps you sit this one out. Perhaps you like allow the foreigner to tell you a little something about their country since you know, you're not even gonna go travel there and you know nothing about it. That's why I always talk about how missed opportunity for this show when people travel, show them the country because a lot of them are not gonna ever go there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I agree. I will say, as for the American experience, I think that you are right by and large. Um, but if you've ever heard the Langston Hughes poem, I Too Sing America, um, that's specific to the Black experience. Um, so I totally, I, I live in America. I live in the same reign of American pride that comes out on everybody but mine is filtered a little bit differently because my experience of America is not the same as the average white person. And we black Americans have a specific term for people who are acting like Nicole is acting right now. I can see it, you know, anybody else who's seen the color purple could see it. She's what we call a Miss Millie. Are you familiar with this? Yeah, I was just talking about the remake of The Color Purple. I was gonna have this conversation with you off air. Because oh. <laughs> like, um. Yeah. And it, it happens time and time and time again. You see examples of it um, occurring specifically with white women. It's it's a it's interesting. It's an interesting phenomenon that has persisted throughout the birth of America. That's going to be on hold because we are still only on the first couple. I definitely <laughs> want to continue that conversation with you. Um, <clears throat> So Nicole's still crying. They pan over to Gabe. Gabe's looking guilty. His face is all guilty because he knows that he's done wrong. Like he knows that he attacked and said some things that were out of pocket. And so he apologizes. And here's where, here again, see, I just got, I just got goosebumps. This is where I got irritated with Gabe again. So I already told you what I believe. Like I believe that Gabe is filtering his his thoughts through his own trauma, which, you know, we all do. However, when he said, and I can't stand when people do this because it, oh, it's like, it's like their guilty conscience. And I'm going to give you this example. So he apologizes, but in his apology, he has this caveat where he says, but my dad and my stepmom are Muslim. And I was just like, I'm losing a little bit of respect for you a little bit, bit by bit, the more you say. Mm -hmm. And here's my example, you guys. I can't be racist because my best friend is Asian. I can't be racist because my brother is married to a black girl. Mm -hmm. I can't be racist because... Um, my high school buddy was Jewish. 
anytime someone gives you that caveat at the end of whatever it is that was fucked up that they did, it's because they are that. And so taking it back to Gabe and his Muslim dad and stepmom. Okay. I think what he was intending to do was give some context for why he was asking the question, but it wasn't particularly helpful in my opinion. And in my opinion, you've never mentioned this whole season, your dad, never saw him, not a picture of him. The whole time you said that it's the, been the three of you, you, your mom, your sister. Now, all of a sudden, when you've done something shitty or said something shitty, you have this mysterious dad that we've never heard about, never seen, who is Muslim and a stepmom who is Muslim. No, I no. Again, to me, in my opinion, it's, it's like my best friend is fill in the blank. I'm not impressed. So Mahmood also apologizes um, to everyone, to the entire cast. He brings up the same thing that I said, you know, if this was a Christian or a Muslim or a Jewish situation, will we still be doing all of this? Um, and he basically, you know, I just want to have some respect and respect that this is my life. This is what I choose to do. Um, and for you to say that I'm forcing it on these, again, kids that do not exist yet, you know, how do you know? How do you know that that's, that's the case? And I absolutely agree with him. Debbie gets up in all her glory, hugs Nicole, and says something that I thought was the first time that she gave Gabe shade. She's like, you know, some people want to be the judge and none of us are judges. And then she proceeds to go about judging. Don't rest for the episode. <laughs> Guys, just an update. It is over for the Los Angeles Lakers. Final Denver 113. The Los Angeles Lakers 111. Uh, so they will not be moving on to the finals. I think that it's going to be Denver and Miami. Um, because, you know, Boston is in a similar situation. So just letting you guys know that is the update. If you're not watching the game and you're over here watching us, which we <laughs> thank you very much. Okay, sweep. All right. So, oh, hey, Esfere. Hey, girl. Hey. Hello from Amsterdam. Oh, Amsterdam. Awesome. Okay. So, Gabe and Isabel. Uh, I just don't even know where to start with this. Okay. So, <laughs> Sean asked him how the bulge business is going, which I just thought was a little like. Low brow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, just name the business and explain what it is. Like, I don't know. Uh, Gabe says business is booming. He's got a lot more male customers. Uh, and they explain how that situation is like similar to like padding your bra. And, you know, Jen and Debbie thought that that was a great idea. Meanwhile, Danielle's like, nah, I'm not good with this. Uh, hi, Ronnie. Oh, it's so nice. Hi, oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> then 
what did you think? Okay, what did you think about this segment before I go in, April? I want more from everybody's word choice, but Gabe isn't requesting it or even acting in a way that would be highbrow himself. So what are you, what can I do? What can I say? Laura said, I kind of wanted Gabe to say cis male customers. I mean, listen, there's a lot of things that I wanted Gabe to say and do, but like I said, Laura, at the top of the show, I feel like he's really bought into this machismo about who he thinks he is as a man. Um, go ahead. Yeah, at this point, I would not be surprised if Gabe thinks that people who have not had bottom surgery are not men. He has not indicated um, to me any real acceptance or understanding of people claiming masculinity or maleness outside of surgery and his constant reiteration that he is a real man. Um, I just, I don't think that that's where he is intellectually. Same. So they bring out his friend Trey, which I was like, why is this person here? We met him like what one time, twice at the most. And he brought nothing to the table. I just kept thinking Drake, no new friends. Like we're invested. We have this, these two hours and you guys like, Instead of Trey, ask questions. Ask, like, I just, I, I wish, you know what, I should either be a producer or <laughs> the second host of the show because I got to tell you, there's so much wasted time. Yes, there are some great moments, but it could be amazing. I'm just saying. Right. Because so, if we're going to have people come on for Gabe, then Trey is not a person I want to hear from. Right. There, because what did he even bring to the table? Nothing. And we met him for two minutes. And he didn't even know that Gabe was trans. So how good of a friend is this person? And he wasn't at the wedding. I didn't see him at the wedding. Did y'all? Was Trey at the wedding? I didn't, but I could have missed it. I didn't see him. And if you all, if you all know he was there, please let me know. I don't think he was. But if he was, they didn't show him. So like, I don't care about this, but we're going to go through it real quick. So Trey says that they're not allowed to hang out. They're only allowed to hang out if they're chaperoned by Isabel. And it's because Isabel doesn't like him, doesn't trust him, doesn't want Gabe to be around him. Although, you know, they say oftentimes your friends are a mirror of who you are. And we continue to have this kind of same conversation. Why do you think Gabe is friends with this specific type of person who uh, comes across with these strong male stereotypes right so the stereotype that the black man is the player the womanizer he scoots all the women and cats all the things and here this is gabe's friend and gabe believes you know what he believes birds of a feather flock together that's what they say um <clears throat> so apparently isabel doesn't like Trey's loose lifestyle, leading her husband to live like that. Well, I don't think that's the case per se, because guess what? They were friends before, right? 
for the last since he moved and to Columbia, April. Right. So you kind of knew who he was and you kind of knew that that's who your husband chose to be his friend. Right. So really quick, T. Jones is going off in the comments and I don't want it to just like go unchecked. What is um, here? Gabe is a man oh, yeah. and identifies so as a man. Sorry, one second here. T. Jones, I'm going to tell you this one last time. If I see one more comment with your bullshit, you will be blocked from this page. I'm done with you. I'm done with the transphobic, hateful garbage that you spew on my page all the time. Stop it or keep it pushing. You will be blocked. I'm not fucking around anymore. All right, I'm back. The Canadian girl, when you, I don't normally go at a character, but when I'm gonna go at a character, this is why. What I don't appreciate is ignorance. You can take your ignorance elsewhere. I don't care if it's been months, T. Jones. I don't give a shit. Take your shit elsewhere or be blocked. That is the second time I'm saying this. There will not be a third time. Okay, so did you want to add? I had to say it because I know exactly who this person is. Um, no, I think that you addressed that very well. I'm going to leave well enough alone. Perfect. Back to game. So <clears throat> Trey goes on to say, when we go out, if Gabe is going to do something, it's going to be on Gabe. And the way he worded that, he made it seem like Gabe was up to something when really he's just saying Gabe gets a lot of attention from the women and Gabe didn't appreciate that. He's like, use your words correctly, Trey, because you're about to get me in trouble. What were your thoughts on that? So in the interaction that we saw with them before, I thought that Gabe was more of the problem than Trey. Um, because remember, he did the whole shush thing. Um, it, you're creating the suspicion. You know, Gabe, you're creating the problem. And now, like, literally, I'm just now thinking about it. Does he just not want Isabel to be friends with his family or his friends? Is that right. what this is all about? Good question. Good question. He also, remember the comment he made where he said, let me be free? Yeah. And Isabel's like, if you want to be free, go ahead and be free. But guess what? I'll be just as free as you are. Mm -hmm. Maybe we both can be free. Isabel goes on to call Trey a dog and a womanizer. And again, birds of a feather flock together. And so, you know, take care and she does say this she wants to take care of her marriage and in order to do that you gotta take care of your marriage and if you want to keep it and she also says that she takes care of her behavior and so she expects her husband to do the same i'm team isabel every day same uh what did you think of tim's comment that quote all colombian women are jealous and controlling i mean you shouldn't ever say all this um on anything but um, I guess Tim's got more experience with Colombian women than I do. 
He's dated what two? <laughs> it seems that like that's kind of like all he goes for ever since him and um, what's her face, Jennifer? Not Jennifer. Uh, yeah, Jennifer. Ever since her and Je him and Jennifer broke up, it seems like that's all he goes for is Colombian women. He's basically like a passport bro at this point. <laughs> I think that Tim has an affinity for Hispanic women. Oh, for sure. And uh, I don't want to put his business out there, but maybe I'll tell you <laughs> off air. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to hear about she would this. Me. Oh my gosh, you're coming. Okay, so <laughs> moving on to Jen and Rishi. Overall thoughts on this whole situation. So, How do you so much going on with yeah. How do you have a relationship with someone who you know is just gonna tell you whatever you want to hear, regardless of whether it's true or not? How do you comfortably have a relationship with that kind of person? Friend or romantic? I feel like there was so much going on here. And like, I just, I do have a lot of notes on them because there was just so much going on. Like between the breakup and the getting back together and then the wedding and then the parents and then the Rishi and then the translator, there was just a lot going on in their segment. And I, I'm, I still was like, so like, why did you even bother? Like, you know, nothing is going to change. So like, why are we doing all this? But here we are, we're doing it. So they broke up, but they've been speaking since the breakup, right? She apparently went back and she didn't say she went back to India, but I'm assuming because her and Rishi were at the same wedding that she went back to India for the umpteenth time for a mutual friend's wedding, ran into Rishi, they hit it off, reconnected while she was there and their love has been endless ever since. She stayed at a hotel, he stayed at his house, but you know, they spent time together, they were intimate. First time that they were intimate in a long time. She said it was amazing, mind blowing. He said it was quote, salvation. She goes on to say that they love each other, but he's a mama's boy. Uh, that would be an awesome thing to do. You know, uh, that show, I Love a Mama's yeah. Boy. Go ahead and have the international edition because there's a lot of people I, I could sign up for that. Mm -hmm. um, so she goes on to say that he's a mama's boy and deeply connected to his family. Um, do I want to say something right now? I'm going to wait. Do it, do it. Okay, so I'm going to say this. Um, one of the things that I think, again, like I said, uh, I feel like this is very Western mentality, specifically Americans. Um, I feel like for Jen to have traveled to India as many times as she has, she really should know the culture by now. Um, and part of that is, yeah, they are multi-generational families and they're all intertwined. And if that's something that you don't like or don't want to be a part of, then that's okay. But again, to force this Western mentality on a whole 
way someone else was raised outside of America, it just, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. Like, I just really can't wrap my mind around it, April. I feel like for me, being an African from Canada, our culture is very deeply connected as well. A lot of respect for our elders. Um, and, you know, you and I have had this conversation before where, yeah, you're there. There oftentimes are multi-generations living in a house, you know? And that's yeah, how it is. All I'm saying is respect each other's differences, respect each other's cultures. It doesn't have to be one way and your way is the only way. I understand that maybe that's not how it's done in America, but guess what? Perhaps it's done in other countries and that should be just as okay. So that being said, Debbie goes on to call Rishi a coward and Gabe backs Debbie up. Uh, saying that, you know, he didn't stand up to his mom for Jen. And what, okay, what are your thoughts on that before I go off again? <laughs> so on the earlier note, I think it would be easier for Jen to understand the cultural issues if Rishi didn't say, yes, he would leave his family for her when he didn't really mean it. Because she didn't know not to believe him saying that. Um, as far as Debbie saying Rishi is a coward, I think she's just angry at her situation with Osama. Um, cause I think the rest of us can see whether you like Rishi or not. I think we can see that he's uh, between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. So again, I'm going to give you an example from an African point of view. Okay. I joke about this all the time, but it's true. <laughs> so um, in Af African culture, there's at just, it's just very different. So as, as, just on general principle, a young person would never speak back to an elder. It's just, it's considered disrespectful. Um, and so when Debbie talks about Rishi being a coward and didn't quote, stand up to his mom, I just want you guys to like, think about perhaps he is quote unquote standing up to her in a different way. Now is Rishi a liar and like a, a smooth talker and a talker around her? I'll get to that part. But <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is that not everything is done the Western way. And I want everyone to just open their minds a little bit and, and be respectful of that because I don't think that one way is better than the other way. That that's all. In my opinion, I see you're, you're like, eh. Well, well, like, as far as like multi-generational houses, I think that has a lot of really good benefits to it. As far as communication style being just say whatever the other person wants to hear, I think that's a horrible style. That's whether not it's what cultural I said, or not. Okay, yeah. but that's not what I said. So, because I'm agreeing with you, I don't think that you should 
just be saying whatever to appease anyone, nor do I think that you should be faux translating, which I'll get to. I'm saying that perhaps when someone is, quote, standing up to a parent or whoever, they it might just look different than how you do it or how you do it or how you do it. As, an, as a Westerner and as an American, it just might look different. It doesn't That's have to true. be through an American point of view. That's all I'm saying. So Debbie and Gabe are kind of coming for Rishi. Uh, Debbie says that there was no passion. Where was your passion? And here's where I agree with you that perhaps she's thinking about her own situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if anything, Jen and Rishi had the most PDA that we saw out of all the couples. So I don't know, Debbie, what you're talking about passion. Because did you and and, um, Usama even hold hands? (laughs) I mean, like... All camera, apparently. (laughs) I mean... If we're going to talk about passion, right? <laughs> and then, so there's that part. And then Gabe goes on to say, you don't defend your woman, bro. Bro, Gabe, bro. Bro. There's so many things in that one little sentence. There's just so many things. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm just going to put it out there. You don't defend your woman, bro. Like super caveman, but frat brother. But again, that's disappointment. Just a disappointment. I just, I'm like, you know, you taught, I feel like I learned so much about the transgender community through Gabe, but it, this is also reminding me that in the end of the day, he is not the transgender spokesperson, nor is he. mature and cultured. Right. I guess the way that we could also look at it to give him a little bit more grace is that we all live under a heteronormative patriarchy and we've all internalized a lot of those things. And, you know, we can work on ourselves as much as possible and there still might be things that seep in and seep out of us and our our thought and actions. even when we're working aggressively to rid ourselves of those things. And he's a product of that same thing. Well put. <laughs> um, okay, so he continues to go on the offensive with Rishi and says that, you know, you say a lot of words, you dance around in circles. And at this point, Jen is agreeing with him. And Rishi was not doing anyone any favors at this point, right? So here's here's what goes on. Gabe says, okay, before I get to that, Danielle jumps in. Danielle says, who comes first, your partner or your family? And he was finally honest and open. I have to give him that. He's like my family. My family will always come first. Nicole's like, okay, well, where does Jen fit into that? And then he had like, I got to tell you, this was like the smoothest line I heard all episode because I would never have thought of it. He's like, well, one is my heart and one is my soul. (laughs) A lot of people were eating that up, though. Listen, you know what? Go ahead and write that down, y'all. If you want want to call a tray, tray, 
the play from the Himalayas. Go ahead and write that down. Rishi should write a book on, on all of these little sayings that he has. One is my heart and one is my soul. Stop it. So here is the question. Engaged or not engaged? According to Jen, they're not engaged. According to Rishi, Jen is still his fiance. What were your thoughts on that part? He Did really screwed himself. If he had just said, we're dating, none of the rest of the mess would have happened. But he screwed himself by trying to overpromise and say that they're engaged. And then he says that they're engaged. And the, the dumbest part about this whole conversation to me is, so Jen, or what's her name? Jen? Yeah, she just accepts that she's engaged because he said it. She doesn't say like, I want to be engaged or I don't want to be engaged. It's just whatever he says. You yeah, just told her she weren't engaged, girl. So when yeah, he said it, now you're engaged? Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. And then it got even weirder as, as it went on. So... <clears throat> He goes, so then he dances around this a little bit. So Jen's like, well, does your mom know that we're engaged? And he's like, yeah, yeah, she knows. And Danielle's like, well, no, does she know like presently, right? I'd like to hear that from your mom that she knows presently. I'm not talking about what we saw on the show last year. I'm talking about present day right now. Does your mom know? <laughs> and he's all like, yeah, 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 she knows. Really, Rishi? Because listen, you got big mouth gab. Gabe over here that's going to call you out. So are you sure you want to stand on that? Are you sure I you never seen anybody dig themselves into a hole so fast? On international TV, you're going to stand on that? Because, you know, they're all going to call you out. And Gabe specifically, because Gabe is like a gossiper. A shit disturber, in my opinion. So <clears throat> my note here, April said... Chris talked for the first time on the tello <laughs> and I had to rewind what she said. Cause I didn't even, she just was like, just, just words were coming out of her mouth. But basically I surmise that she said, it's simple. If you love her, then be with her. Sure. It's exactly that simple, Chris. That's all it is. Sure. Of course. So glad that you came here to share that with us because that is all there is to it. That's the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. <laughs> Shut the hell up. It, we're like three hours into this tell-all and this is, this is the first thing you came up to say? I know. It was just as dumb as the first time Clarence Thomas decided to talk. Okay, so then they bring out Myra and Randy. Do you want to say something about Myra and Randy? No. Okay, so <laughs> Myra and Randy come out and they're like, yeah, this is news to us. I didn't understand that you guys were back together. You told us you were going to a wedding and now all of a sudden you guys are back together. Myra goes ahead and puts her, her foot down and says, you know what? This is never going to work. She tries to use the terms that um, Rishi would say it's not in the stars for you and <laughs> um, 
you know, there's too many differences. Gabe jumps in and says, you've got no balls. You don't want to leave your mama's house. Uh, it's time for you to grow up. And again, I just want to say to Gabe that I get you're looking through your perspective. But if you go outside, and April, I, even if you don't agree with me, I know that you know that this is true. You go outside of America, you will see there are multi-generational households. Sometimes it's an economic thing. Sometimes it's a survival thing. And sometimes it's just a cultural thing. Outside of this one country, I got to tell you, there's plenty yeah. of cultures that live that way. So, you know, um, some cultures, people don't leave the house, men and women, until they get married. Some cultures, um, you know, I I stayed home for as long as I could while I was in university, because guess what? Going to school and living is not cheap. So if you can stay home and, and live cheaper, I don't see a problem with that. So y'all just, this like, you're 18 and you're out of the house and all the things, not everyone is gonna live like that way. And that yeah. should be okay. And Jen hasn't really, that I remember, explained to us why she doesn't want to live in the house. Like, I'm sure they could, well, I shouldn't say I'm sure they could, but it doesn't mean they have to be right on top of each other. Like Mahmoud's family house, they can have different courtyards and, you know, space and a lot of area. And I just want to say this. I just want, I'm wondering, is Jen one to speak? Because Jen, you're what, 42, 48? How old did they say she was? 48, 48. She's 48, and guess where she lives? She lives with her parents, doesn't she? On she lives with her mama yeah. and her brother and her brother's woman. Mm -hmm. I mean. I don't think I have a problem with moving into a, a home with somebody's family. I think it might be fun. I'm just saying, like, if, if she's have, I'd like to know what her big issue is because you want Rishi to move out of his family home, but you live in your family home. So, like, explain to me. I would only not like it if they expected me to, like, wake up early in the morning. And, and was she the one who was, like, getting up early in the morning to make the tea for everybody? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't like that shit. We could all live in the same house, but I'm not doing everybody's chores. I'm just saying there's just there's just so much that was bothersome in this episode for me. Okay, so moving on. <clears throat> um I made a note. It was interesting in this little segment that Nicole was the voice of reason. She's like, you know what? I wish that we would all just respect each other's traditions. And I was like, Nicole <laughs> is the voice of reason? Question mark. <laughs> Nicole. Um, let's all respect each other's traditions while I promise to do something that I'm not going to do. So, um, then Sean asked the question, it's been a minute, but she asked the question, uh, you know, so how long have you been, been back from India and how long have you been away from Rishi? She says it's been six months. And then she's, uh, Sean asked, you know, have you dated anyone else in that six months? And Jen says, no. And then goes on to say that she's never been in love before. And then Gabe jumps in and is like, well, weren't you married before? And Jen has to explain that whole outcome. What did you think, April, about that? 
I thought that I thought I could understand it. Because uh, um, I'm divorced. I've mm-hmm. been divorced for a long, long time. And of course, if you asked me at the time that I got married, I would have said that I was in love, but it's clear that I did not love that person. Um, and I was getting married out of religious obligation. I, I come from some religious trauma too. In fact, we had a milestone this past weekend when I went home, my mom finally admitted for the first time that we basically grew up in a cult. So <laughs> more things to talk about later on. Um, <laughs> I'm bringing mine at this rate. Yeah. So I got married out of like being guilted into getting married because you're going to go to hell because you had sex. Oh. Um, and yo, know, I, 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 if somebody asked me, I would have 100% said, I love this person I'm getting married to. I love my husband, but it's very clear to me now at age 43 that I did not. I did not. I have like a completely different. So I understand her saying, that she thought she was in love then and she knows that she's not now. But I also think the way she's feeling about Rishi, mm-hmm. if she would let him go and move on, it would pass too. I mean, I thought she was done. I'm, I'm still not clear if she's dating with quote intention to get married. He's made it like, okay, so we'll get to that. Cause I, I'm just confused by what's happening here. So, Sean asked Rishi the same question. He's like, no, I haven't been with anyone either. Then Randy, who I just really think is jealous of this whole situation, because Randy brings up something that we already covered. We talked about this at the beginning of the season. Why are you continuing to bring it up and make it about yourself again? But here we are. So Randy says, you know, there was a lot more inappropriate things that were sent to me that wasn't shown on the show, and it was all inappropriate. And he did this and he did that. And then come to find out, right, when the cast start doing a little bit digging, she, Randy, is, here is how that, remember that shirtless photo? Mm-hmm. This is how the shirtless photo came about, you guys. He didn't just randomly send a shirtless photo to her. And he could have sent, the picture that all women have been sent at one point in their life, but he didn't. She said to him, show me a special part of yourself. Yep. This is the first time that we're here. This is the, this is the juiciest tea of the tell all part two, in my opinion, because she was saying all this stuff, how terrible, Rishi is and he slid into my DMs and she kept calling it catfishing. It was not really catfishing. I don't feel like she doesn't know what catfishing means, all the things, but she didn't say her part of it, right? So he's responding to her request and it could have been way different. At this point, I want to see the messages because I don't trust what she's describing in the messages. Agreed. I I mean, I agree with you. Show us the messages. (laughs) All of them. Let us sort it through because it's clear y'all are leaving out bits and pieces. Anyways, I moved on from all of that. It's clear that Jenna's moved on. So again, I felt like this was wasted time. 
that we could have been asking some other questions. So, um, Debbie jumps in, calls Jen a treasure. <laughs> She's a treasure. Okay, Debbie, calm down. And then they bring out Rishi's parents. It's clear that Rishi has not told his parents anything. <laughs> There's been no updates. There's been no, like, here's what's going on. It's clear to me that he translates whatever he wants. And he said it. I'll give him that. He said in one of the episodes, had Jen and her friends not brought in their own translator, he would have translated it totally different. Well, mm -hmm. guess what, guys? We saw that play out on international TV. We saw <laughs> that play out on this episode. And it was so funny because even the interpreter... It's like this MF. <laughs> so the parents come in, or, or his mom and uncle come in, and you know, they're being all jolly and happy. Oh, yeah, there's no problem with them talking again. You know, friends talk, and it's all good. Um, and then Sean's like, but Rishi says that he and Jen are engaged again. And the mom was like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, she was at that time. But, you know, they're just friends now. And that's when the translator jumps in and says, yeah, that's that's not what she said. And that's not what Rishi's saying. Rishi is saying that they are engaged right now. And the mom's like, Oh, no, 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 no. And the uncle's like, no, we do not agree. <laughs> Jocelyn, you're so right. I totally forgot about that. Debbie wants to be Jen's mother-in-law facts, right? Because she's trying to set up her son. Um, mm -hmm. her son. Okay, so. Isabel's like, see, the lies are still happening. Here is um, the mom and the uncle in their blissful glee and ignorance, thinking that the relationship's over and they're just friends. And yeah, Jen flew over and they went to a wedding together and Rishi's probably sneaking out to like go get a little jiggy jiggy, but they're just <laughs> friends. <laughs> Um, so Gabe, you know, puts Rishi on the hotspot and is like, so what's up? Like, are you engaged? Are you engaged right now? Do your parents know? Like, what's going on? And Rishi lies and says, this is the first lie he says. He says, he tells his mom, right, in Hindi, that he's thinking about marrying her so he's not saying that they're engaged he's not saying that they're engaged right now in this moment he's saying he's thinking about marrying her which obviously the mom's going to be like oh i don't care like it's <laughs> think whatever you want <laughs> right you think whatever you want you're not gonna marry her and then rishi tries to double down right because he's getting called out on his little lies and says, well, engagement means thinking about the future. I was like, where did he? What? He tried. What? How old are you? Who 
are you what this 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 was this is not a cultural thing this is a slick rick thing this is oh i've met you before i've met this type of man before thinking about the future go ahead and put that promise ring the promise the promise <laughs> to get married <laughs> Oh my goodness, this was ridiculous. Like Brown Frown said, soft launch Jen. Try to soft launch. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay, so <sighs> he goes on to try to like do the double talk, fast talk, switch it up, switch it up, right? The whole, you know. What are they, what are they, y'all? Anyways, um, <clears throat> even Mahmood, right? Love him or hate him, acting up or not acting up, he was even the voice of reason in this moment. He's like, either she's going to be your wife <laughs> or she's not. <laughs> like, Mahmood doesn't understand. He's like, look, I steal this deal in seven days. What are you doing? Right. Like, is she or isn't she? That's it. <laughs> So Rishi gets frustrated, right? Because, you know, everyone's paying attention to, like, his trying to dodge dodge all the things and, and also keep all his untruths in line, right? Because, you know, he's he, you got a whole panel of people and your, your mom and your uncle, your family is there. So he gets frustrated. He's like, I'm not going to let you all pressure me. Okay. Calm down, first of all. Mm -hmm. No one's pressuring you. You're pressuring yourself. And just like April said, you coulda, coulda, woulda, shoulda said, hey, yeah, we're just dating. Because Jen clearly said, no, we're not engaged. You could have said, hey, I still love her. And we're still exclusive or we're still dating. And kept it pushing. But you insisted that you're engaged to this day. So guess what? The fallout is the follow-up. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> Jen gets annoyed at this point. Um, and I'm annoyed that she's annoyed. I'm annoyed that she's like frustrated. She says that she doesn't know where this is going. Well, I'm not in this relationship, but I can already tell you where it's going. Nowhere. <laughs> I thought you were done because I was done with you being done. So why are we here right now? Mm -hmm. You clearly said and i quote we are not engaged homie over here tells a bold-faced lie to millions of people that are watching and says that you're engaged and so now that you're engaged because he said you're engaged so are you engaged or are you not engaged jen is working way too hard for this so <clears throat> Jen, uh, Danielle said something that I thought was funny. Danielle's basically, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because his mom, Rishi's the same as his mom, she says, that they just tell people what they want to hear. Yep. Whether it's true or not, they're just going to tell them what they want to hear and keep it pushing. Yep. Exactly. So then the mom says, you know, Jen, if you guys were like six months apart, then we would have said, yes, it wouldn't matter that, you know, you were uh, international because, you know, you have no flaws. You're smart. 
and no flaws, she says two times. But then she says, but your one flaw is your age. Um, and so she goes, otherwise we would accept you, but you know, you're too old. She didn't say that part, but basically that's what she was saying. Mm -hmm. So only friendship can happen. Um, and then Jen gets mad and says, you know, she's not going to be age shamed. What are your thoughts on that, that part, April? So tell me if I missed the issue with her age. Is it because they want Rishi to have children? Has anybody ever asked Rishi if he even wants children? I think it's the same as what we've learned with Jen and Samit and his parents, right? So culturally, um, from my understanding in the last, like, however many years we've seen Jen battle it out, Jenny battle it out with Samit's parents, um, marrying someone older, and it seems to me marrying an older woman brings shame to the son, brings shame to the family, and they culturally just do not accept it. Um, ch children, grandchildren is part of it. But apparently it's like a, like a cultural no-no. It's shameful. Right? Which, you know, is a whole other conversation about age and women and ageism mm -hmm. that we don't have time for. But, wow. I mean... There's that, and there's a whole, there's a lot of things, right? So there are a lot of things that we could probably talk about, culturally yeah. speaking. <clears throat> so <clears throat> Jen gives Rishi an ultimatum, says, if we're going to get married, then you and we need to be planned to be married within the next year and a half. And I want you to tell your mom, and I want you to tell her right now. Then there was just silence. <laughs> silence, right? And you know what that silence is, April? You know what that silence is? Tell me. The silence is, because I've been with this type of man before. The silence is, let me think about what my next move is going to be. Let me think about how I'm going to get out of this, this little situation uh. and tell like a bold-faced lie but make it come out smooth, mm -hmm. which is exactly what happens. So in Hindi, Rishi, okay, so you guys don't forget, Jen said, tell your mom that you plan to marry me within the next year and a half. That was what he was supposed to say. He tells his mom in Hindi, there's nothing wrong. <clears throat> Everything's okay. And I love her. <laughs> this mother. My note says that is not what Jen said. Not even close, Rishi. <laughs> no one believes him, right? At this point. So Sean's like, I would like the translator to tell me what he said. And so the translator tells everyone and everyone's little starts laughing because like <laughs> this fool right here that's why i hate the whole translator part because like it never gets translated properly april and some people just like go on and say something completely different mm -hmm. tell her we're getting married in a year and a half oh guess what mom no nothing's wrong and i still love her <laughs> well remember he told us 
he told us after the meeting with the translator and Jen's friends that he would have 100% lied yep. if, if he was there by himself without the interpreter. So we we know that it's not completely uh, cultural. He 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 actively is like, oh no, I would have lied. Mm -hmm. So we try for take two, April. Take two, he says to his mom, whether you give permission or not, I'm going to marry her. That was take two. I was like, uh, that, that is not the full translation. So take three, he says to his mom, mommy. So now we're at mommy, are we? <laughs> we're going to go ahead and let that manipulation just flow out your mouth. Mommy. <laughs> Whether you give me permission or not, I'm going to marry her within six months to a year. And this is how fed up even the translator was, y'all. The translator doesn't even translate it. All she says was, okay, he said it. <laughs> translator, like, finally. Finally. The mom's like, no. She's like, no, no, no. And the uncle said, no, you can't get married. And that was it. <sighs> so funny to me. So much going on. I'm just, you guys in the live chat, I'm curious, like, why do you think Jen is holding on to this relationship, given that she's saying she wants a specific thing? I, I'm just trying to figure it out. She goes on to say that she's not dating anyone in between months while they're separate, like not physically in the same location. Yet he's, you see him lying on international TV. And then the preview that I saw for next, the part three of the tell all where she has a total breakdown. Like, what are you crying about? Why are you even in this? I think that that for women who have been told that their life depends on whether or not they have a partner and the age that she is, that she is having significant trouble adjusting. I mean, I'm starting to see people my age partner with horrible people out of fear that they're not going to have anyone at all. It's really sad. Low self-esteem. I think it's oh. low self-esteem mixed with, oh. Artful Variety says it's love. Love doesn't always make sense. You know what? I, I love that. I love that you love that for you. I love that. I love the optimism in there. I love the hopefulness. Yeah. I'm so. a sprinkle, sprinkle girl myself. Um, apparently Randy and Myra told the producers that they wanted to say a little something about all the other couples. So Randy calls Usama an asshole. Myra tells Danielle that she emancipated, excuse me, emancipated, <laughs> emasculated <laughs> Johan, um, went on to say that 
Danielle carries his ball in her purse and is controlling and controls the relationship. Debbie jumps in and says she agrees. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and I know you that this is, might be the unpopular opinion, but I agree with Danielle's assessment of the situation. And here's what she said. Danielle said, if he wants to be the patriarch of this family, right, and he wants to be the one that controls all the things, right, a very traditional type of relationship, she is more than willing to stay home and do all the cooking and cleaning and be the stay-at-home wife, right? But what she's not about to do is be paying all the bills and and playing the role as the patriarch while her husband is not contributing in that same role. And I 100% agree with her. I, I do too. You thought that was going to be unpopular to agree? Yeah. No, that is that is that is one of my biggest pet peeves is men who want the benefits of patriarchy without doing the work for it. If we are in a relationship and we agree that we're going to have that kind of relationship, then you got to live up to all parts of it, which means that you need to cover all of our bills together and all of my bills individually if you want that role played. And the thing is, like, guys will come into a relationship saying they're the man of the house, or at least in my experience, I've had guys come in and say, I'm the man of the house. And I'm like, okay, well, here's how much my bills are every single month. So, you know, what's, what is, what's, what's up? And they're like, oh, no, 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 you still work. And I'm like, no, I had real patriarchy acted out in my home. I know what it looks like. Okay, so either you will pay all the bills and I will suffer under the patriarchy because all of my needs are being met financially or you will not control me. I'm just saying, like you said, if you're going to be the head of the household, then go ahead and be the head of the household. But go ahead and pay, get these bills paid. Exactly. Okay. And if you can't, if I had one guy um, say that I needed to wash clothes. And I was like, oh no, I send my laundry out now. So if that's not a bill that you can also cover, then you don't get patriarchy with me. I'm just saying like, you all think Danielle is this and this and that, but you got to remember, remember that she's paying the bills. So, you know, she's like, if I'm paying this rent, then you are not about to say that you are the man of the head of the household because I guess the you? only part of that that really sucks for Johan is that he's not in a position he thought he would be in the U.S. and he's not in a position where he can earn the way that he thought that he was going to be able to whether that was promised to him or was never promised to him that's what he thought was going to happen and maybe if he was in the U.S. and he could earn the way he thought he would he would be able to cover all of the bills I don't know just trying to give Johan some benefit of the doubt. <laughs> so Maybe my question to you would be then, what would he have done had he not met Danielle and he still has his mindset? He meets, uh, you know, a Dominican woman from his city. Then what? They would have to live within his means, his means of what he can provide, not go get the apartment that Danielle wanted 
that he knew that he could not pay for. He didn't suggest that apartment. You know, he would have lived within his means in his in his family home or in whatever they could afford together. I mean, again, I feel like you are giving him the benefit of the doubt. But when we first met him, he's the same person that's eating four hundred dollar peanuts out of the hotel <laughs> and the same person that is not even affording his own suit for his own wedding. That's that's also true. But so, Okay, I don't have a butt. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm one of those like law, I look at the whole long picture and I, there's just some things that I'm like, if you're going to say you're this, then be consistent and be this. You can't be this in this situation only because it works yeah. for you. All but right. that's not unique to him. There are a ton of guys who think they get to have control in the house without earning the money. So that's not like unique to him. There's a, there's, Anyway, y'all know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so they take a break. They go backstage. Cameras go back with them. My note again says, because I feel like this was, in my opinion, the theme throughout this part two of the tell-all. I didn't feel like this was part one, but part two, it's very American, Western-centric. Debbie's in the back, and they're having like their snacks, and Debbie tells She's still stuck on Rishi and calls Rishi a slippery character, which, you know, after what he did and the lies and the translating and all this uh, lack of translating, I could see why she says that. Uh, But Danielle sticks up for him a little bit. And what I thought was interesting in that moment, did you notice that Debbie just ignored her? Yes. And I, and so in my mind, I was like, wait, do the, I haven't, now that I think about it, I haven't seen them interact at all. There might be some beef. We don't. Know I mean, that. I don't want to start a rumor, but I'm just saying, y'all pay to I haven't seen them interact at all. So Danielle said like a whole thing. She had a whole little speech, you know, how she she talks. And Deborah not only ignored her, she doubled down and continued to talk to Jen and told Jen not to be Rishi's either. And I couldn't catch it. She either said Fun bunny or fun buddy? Did you catch? I what thought it was, it was bunny, fun bunny, because you know <laughs> bunnies have a lot of sex. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought you meant, but I wasn't sure. I was like, this could be a Debbieism. I don't. I'm not sure. Um. <clears throat> so everyone backstage jumps in on Debbie's assessment, and basically they're all trashing Rishi. And saying that he's a terrible person and Jen shouldn't be with him. That was like the gist of the backstage. Now, we get into, we come back and we get into sex and just sex about all the couples. I'm not going to get into detail all of it, just the things that made me laugh or I feel like are worthy of talking about. And if you want to add something else, April, please jump in. So the first was Jen and Rishi. The only thing I wrote down that I thought was funny uh, was Jen and Tonic. (laughs) (laughs) Rishi wants a little bit of Jen and a little bit of Tonic. (laughs) Then, okay, so here's what I what I feel 
I feel like I've come a long way during the season learning about um, the transgender community. There's a lot of stuff that I didn't know, though, that again, so Gabe went from me like getting, I was irritated with him up until this point, right? And I feel like anytime he talks about, I mean, this sounds terrible, April, but I feel like anytime she talks about his transgender experience, he is wise and knowledgeable and spreads information and is open and vulnerable and uh, dispels myths and all the things that I want to hear him say and that I'm learning from. And then if I feel like if it's not that topic, it's any other topic, then he goes into this weird, like stereotypical, I am man mm -hmm. situation. And I just find it very confusing. Right. Right. I guess there's a bit of hypocrisy that exists in all of us. And that's, true. Um, that's true. For me with Gabe, I feel like this is my fault. I feel like I was the one who expected way too much from him instead of letting him be uh, a whole person who has his own journey to go on. Um, but you're right. It is disappointing. No, and you know what? I remember you saying uh, at the beginning of the season that, you know, he is not the spokesperson for all transgenders. And, you know, I have to remember that because I think that this is my, you know, well, I don't think this is my my first um, experience and mm -hmm. I'm learning so much. That being said, he goes ahead and explains um his sex life and Danielle had a lot of questions and she had so many questions that made me feel like, Oh my God, th did I not learn anything this season? <laughs> well, some of this stuff when Gabe talked about it earlier, it wasn't like explicit and we didn't want to get too explicit talking about it here because I don't know what YouTube allows and what they don't allow. They don't allow a lot. And they already, you know, y'all know they yeah. paid for me. So even that's why I'm looking at my notes. Like, I'm not even going to get into it. I'll just say that he explained a lot. Um, and I just had no idea. Like the thigh and the arm and the wrapping around and... It's all very, very interesting. If you just want to learn more about it and search it out, it's 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 very interesting to read about and learn more about your body. Yeah. Um, I don't think that we have very good sex education here in the U.S. So just learning more about your body functions and how the surgery works is just interesting. There you go. Uh, then there was Johan, and they you know they played the Johan. Uh, shoe size situation and his fascination with Danielle's friend and both of them being size 14 and what that means. And uh, they both have big eggplants and he's all proud about, okay, calm down. Then Sean, Sean's back. 
So she woke know. up, her and Chris. I don't, it was really weird. Together. I don't know. I felt like she was going through something because she was like, in my opinion, for just part two, she was chucked out. And in my mind, I was thinking a bunch of things. Like I was thinking, well, this is the first time, right? She's she's seeing this cast with other tell-offs because she sees them every year. She has more um, interactions with them. What I think... I'll say this. So pre-pandemic, one of the things that TLC used to do, uh, they used to have uh, mixers and they used to invite the media and the new cast members and you got to know all the cast and then you would follow their season, you would interview them. It's like a whole thing. Um, and Sean was never at those. Every, like everyone else, like even uh, Jerry, whatever his name is, who loves 90 Day Fiance, who has his own talk show or had his own talk show. Now he's part of another talk show. Uh, like just all media was there. And someone told me that she actually doesn't even watch the show. I don't know if that's true or not. I think someone even in the live chat said that. I don't know if it's true or not, but whatever was happening this part two, I felt it through the air, if that makes sense. I felt it through the air. Like she was just like, I'm looking at my cue cards. <clears throat> if I'm not looking at my cue cards, I'm looking at the teleprompter. I'm listening to the producer in my, my ear and I'm just like, not there. Maybe she doesn't like the let Jen's friends have a word and let Tim and Veronica have a word. And maybe she's not like the format. Oh, that could be it. That could be it. She might not like the format. Whatever it was, she came back with the with the question, though. And her question to Danielle was, you know, everyone wants to know, like, how do you make it work? Because, you know, you only come up to Johan's waist. She's like, guess what? He's strong. I'm flexible. We make it work. And the line that was funny to me was Johan said, well, in the bed, we're all the same size. <laughs> And then good old Debbie comes out. And Debbie's like, I don't know, Johan. That's not very flattering. You know, your private parts are all on display all across America. First of all, I mean, again, that just proves my point that we're like super American Western centric because he's like in the Dominican Republic. So if you want, if you're trying to make a point that his private parts are all over the place, you should at least say, they're all across the world. Okay, but is she telling us that she subscribed to his his private account? Because how are you seeing this, Debbie? I don't know, but that's what she said. Then she goes on, and you're going to be known as the guy with the big dingling. Guess what, Debbie? <laughs> I'm going to tell you this right now. From millennials on, all we don't they will welcome it. They don't care. He is happy to be known as the man with the big dingling. Because guess what? <laughs> Hello, like April just said, his unfiltered, his only fans, all the things will bring all the girls. What's that song? All the milkshakes. Milkshakes to the yard. Right. The milkshake bring all the boys to the yard. That part. Yeah, it's. I mean, Laura. do I subscribe for a month and see what's going on? 
Laura. Okay, Laura, you're hilarious. So <clears throat> then, so, you know, I know you guys know on the show with April, I just was not convinced that nothing happened between Debbie and Usama, right? So Debbie says that she's normally not, she's normally not attracted physically to young men at all. She prefers someone her age. And I was a suck. Do you believe, do you believe that April? I do not. I don't believe her. Okay. Cause if you are, no okay. First of all, Debbie, Debbie, first of all, my first point is this. If you weren't, if you are not normally attracted physically to young men at all, why did you spend three years online entertaining a 24 year old? Okay. That's the first part. Second part you went and visited him on multiple times. You went at least twice. Okay. Third thing, I don't believe for one minute, I don't believe it. I don't believe for one minute that you went all the way to where Morocco and there were no Casablanca nights. I just don't believe it. Absolutely not. I mean, she said the first day she got there, it's okay that we sleep apart tonight. So I just got in town and I'm tired. She didn't, there was no indication that it was going to be a forever situation. So she outright denies nights in Casablanca and says that it's Osama's wishful thinking. <laughs> now, so Sean, she's back and asks a question. She's like, if you don't mind me asking, how long has it been since you've been intimate? There is silence. They go to commercial break, obviously. <laughs> they come back. And Debbie says, all right, I, I'm <laughs> pausing because in my mind, you guys, I'm thinking, am I going to act up right now? Or am I <laughs> not act up? So I'll not act up for a moment. Her answer was, it's been 12 to 14 years since she's been intimate with someone. Um, you guys are savage. Savage. Okay, so she says it's been 12 to 14 years uh, since she's been intimate. And then I just had like, is it terrible for me to say this, April? I just had like a flash of her definitely being like from that boomer generation. Is it terrible for me to say that? No. Because she says, not because, hey, like I was healing, I came through like so some terrible relationships. I believe in like being monogamous and exclusive and all the things. Instead of saying any of that, she said, <clears throat> you know, it's because being intimate is a special gift. It's a special gift that you give and have with someone. I was like, no, she didn't. I I don't know. I don't know where I'm getting this from. I can't remember. I just know that I somewhere in my journey in life, I've heard people say like stuff like that. And yeah. And come straight out of abstinence education substituted for sex education. 
And is it like, I don't, cause they, that's definitely not what they teach in Canada, but I do remember hearing something somewhere along my journeys where, what is it like a, your maiden voyage? Am I making that up? Yeah. That's your virginity. Right. So that's what that, and the special gift and you're given the gift. Listen, listen, I'm going to tell you something y'all. You believe whatever you want to believe and live your life. That's it. That's all I got. Live your life. I mean, she's talking like she's reversioned herself. But I will throw it out there. I mean, some Vanessa. See, Vanessa says like some boomers were boomers or hippies that believed in Christ. some of them were and then some of them were very strict christian fundamentalists the thing is uh, yeah what what april said vanessa um i wanted to say something else so the other thing i wanted to say and maybe get your opinion on this as well april is that I find it interesting. And I'm really going to try to be like neutral on this. Okay. Because the person that I'm going to mention, I just. But it's interesting that, you know, Debbie and Big Ed are kind of like in that same generation, right? And so Debbie can say, hey, I haven't been intimate or with anyone for 12 to 14 years and we don't say anything. But then Big Ed can say, like, he hasn't been in a relationship in over 10 years. And, like, you know all the things that people say about Ed and the reason why he hasn't been in a relationship and he's this and he's that and he's this. And I'm not saying that he's not any of those things. But I just find the, the difference between a man saying one thing and a woman saying one thing. You know, Ed... Um, being dragged for always going for really young women and, you know, really young. Um, and then, you know, Debbie being in her 60s. And if you think about when she met Usama, if he's only 24 now, she met him when he was like 20 or 21. And so yet we're not having that conversation. So I just, I just find it interesting, you yeah. know, some of the things that, that are acceptable versus not acceptable and by whom yeah i have seen some people go in on debbie over the age difference for the time that they started talking i have seen some conversation about that but not nearly as much as we would see if the genders were reversed right sure. and then the other thing like it's it's starting to to turn the tide i think um but women women girls are judged on the most contradictory things like you're judged by how many men want you and how many men you sleep with and these things are a contradiction and it permeates our entire lives so but i'm seeing it change with like the younger kids they're still cautious about who they share their body with but they're not so rigid about what is a slut 
Yeah, I'll just yeah. stop right there. I I was gonna my I was like, should I respond? No, because I will go off on a tangent. And <laughs> we still have a lot to get through. I could talk about that forever, especially if we sprinkle in some religion. But so let's go. Ooh, that like <laughs> challenge. Um. Okay, so there's a little bit more uh, sex talk, and you know, if you want to know more, just you know, look it up. Now, I want to say for this last couple, you guys, I will be thoroughly pissed off if we don't circle back to Chris and Jamie. I'll be thoroughly pissed off if I spent more than 20 hours watching the nonsense that is coming out of Chris's mouth and her not be challenged for it. I will be pissed. Yes. Overall thoughts, April. <laughs> it's hard to like parse through exactly what is happening here, but there are two sentences that made me firmly on Jamie's side. And Chris said them both within like 20 seconds of each other. She says, I would sponsor her to come here today. 20 seconds later, there is no marriage. Okay, because of this, I don't believe anything else that you're saying, Chris. There's too much of a contradiction. And being mad about, look, if you decide to marry somebody, you don't get to be mad about them, quote unquote, cheating on you before the marriage anymore. That's done. That's my opinion. You don't get to keep bringing that shit up. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> no. Listen, I go off all the time. You take your time. You say what you want. <laughs> we are co-hosting this. So um, I'm going to say this. Uh, I think um, I can't believe how much I'm censoring myself today, but I am. Okay, so this is what I think. I think that um, my opinion is coming from my criminology background. Um, and also my love of true crime and also my love of specifically the first 48 <laughs> and I can go on and on and on, but I will say this, you know, the stereotype that someone who exhibits crackish behavior can also be a master manipulator and they know how to get what they want. That that's the vibe that I was getting from here. And the fact that, in my opinion, Chris was not held accountable for any of the things that she said or did was allowed to just continue to lie and lie and lie and lie and lie. And I could literally see her turning the cast to her side. The only one person that tried to jump in there was Gabe. And even Gabe stayed silent. And I'm going to tell you all, all the things that I personally am offended by that were not addressed that are issues in my opinion that never get addressed and again this is gonna sound harsh but i mean it all the foreigners no one got a pass okay no one got a pass but i'm seeing a theme that's very western very american where the nicoles get a pass the the alleged crackhead 
Chris gets a pass. What's the common denominator there? So, yeah. So, married after nine days. They show the clip where Jamie's trying to have a conversation with Chris, and Chris is not allowing her to say anything. And here's the thing see this tone that I'm taking right now? I'm not yelling. But Jamie, Chris manipulates Jamie in that situation and takes her voice up a notch and says, stop yelling. Mm -hmm. I was like, the only person yelling here is you. Absolutely. And not only are you yelling, you you cuss at her. And then you get up in a threatening manner and scream and cuss and say, you're done and you're moving out, you're taking your stuff, all the things. Okay. Then you accuse her of being a gold digger and you scream to her to find someone else to pay her, your bills. But you're the same person that told her not to work. You're the mm -hmm. same person that told her to go ahead and find the apartment that she found. Now, does she go a hundred or $150 over budget? Yeah. But you're the one that said that you needed specific, that you all better go back and watch those episodes. Cause right now I'm getting super heated. She's the one that said that she needed specific Western amenities. Correct. And had Jamie move specifically because she needed these specific Western amenities. So Jamie looked for a place. Okay. So don't tell me that you didn't even want the apartment and that Jamie did this all on her own. You were the one that specified what you needed and she found it. Correct. Then <clears throat> she gets to the van we are on the tell-all in New York City. You have all the producers there. You have the friggin' host there who just played the clip where this woman, Chris, puts hands on Jamie. Not only is she verbally abusing her with her words, she physically pushes her, shoves her from the van. I'm on a tell-all. I'm already in the second, going into the second hour, and y'all are going to let, no one's going to say a word, because I sat there, and it was silence all around. But guess what? As the host, you're the one that's supposed to be driving this ship. Go ahead and ask the question. Chris, do you want to address the fact that you put your hands physically on Jamie? Oh, we're not going to talk about that. We're just going to keep it pushing. We're just not going to say anything. Yeah. Disappointing. Super disappointing. So then Chris says that she deals with her anger by leaving. Then says, but you know, she calms down when she comes back. But if you try to stop her, she blacks out. I'm going to tell you that's the biggest red flag for domestic violence I've ever heard. The woman is literally telling you that she feels like she's not responsible for anything that she does when she's mad if you go after her and says so she blacks out. And she makes it like a precursor. Like, I blacked out. 
I put hands on, on Jamie, but I blocked out because she came after me. Don't come after me when I'm mad because I'm not responsible for any of my actions. You know how, just think about how stupid that sounds. Think about how stupid. That, so when you get angry, you don't know what you're going to do. And if the person comes after you and we've already seen that you have an affinity to knives and what, and such not whatnot. So just by process of deduction, had there been a weapon involved in that situation, then what would happen? And you would have said, Oh my bad. I blacked out. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. So I had a, I have a real problem with that. Then she minimizes and says, but that's just my defense mechanism. I'm sorry, defense mechanism against what? Accountability. Thank you. <laughs> you're the one that were was attacking from what I saw with my own eyes. You were the one that was attacking Jamie in this situation, verbally and physically. So then no one touched that. We moved, they moved it along and they talked about how Jamie wasn't working. Now, I'm not going to go into all the details of that again, but I'm going to say if you go back and watch the first few episodes, she wasn't working because Chris specifically said that she didn't need to work and that she was going to take care of all of the bills. Chris Correct. specifically told the world that not only was she renting out her house, but she was selling another one of her properties and that's where she was going to get the income coming in. So this whole hoo-la-la, woe is me. I was working day and night, cutting the grass and friggin' tarring the paveways and power washing the, like, so you, you did all that work, but you also had all this money. Which one is it? Right. So either she got there and blew a whole bunch of money on something that they haven't disclosed to us or she didn't have a money plan to begin with. That part. So then there's that. So then there is this whole, there's a, there's a lot of like, he, she said, she said, but like, I just don't, I just don't believe Chris. I think that she lies all the time. So Chris says over the whole relationship, she sent Jamie 10,000. And Jamie's like, no, it's not. It was like a thousand or less. She literally said eleven fifty or less. And then she went and showed her receipts, and her receipts show that it was less. It was like not even eight hundred dollars. And <clears throat> Jamie kept saying she only paid for one month rent after she left. One month. And here, Chris is making it seem that she's working day in and day out, up and down, up to send all this money to Jamie. And here's the thing. If that, just you guys, just use your, like, just use your critical thinking. If that was true, right? Let's just say that Jamie is indeed a gold digger. Let's just say that that is true. If that was true, do you think that she would be sitting here complaining if all that money actually did come to her? Think about it. No, she wouldn't be, right? would she? Well, first of all, if she was a gold digger, Chris is not even the kind of person she would go after. First of all, let's get that right. Jamie I, could pull somebody who will gladly pay all of her bills. 
Yeah, she. The, I'm just saying, like, the lies that kept coming out of Chris's mouth and no one was challenging her and saying, hey, you're lying, or what about this, what about that? No one. No only, one. Only Veronica, like, very briefly tried to be like, well, what about this? And everything so, that she complained about is stuff that happened before the wedding. You think she cheated on you? That was before the wedding. You were upset she got an apartment that was either 100 or $150 too much or over budget. That happened before the wedding. You still married her after that. You don't get to complain about these things anymore. Yep. Yep. And then she says in this whole 10000 oh, and that is like with the clothes I bought. And that's like... The day-to-day incidentals. Well, that wasn't the question, was it? But I like how you're spinning this situation. Then she goes on, and I see Stevie there um, saying the same thing, where she's like, oh, and then I had my mom enter money. Why? Why Why this lie? Exactly. Why this lie? And we know it's a lie because we just saw you tell your mom that she was sending, that you were sending money and your mom didn't say, what about the money that I sent? That part. No. That part. So then she goes into how because she was working night and day and working so hard for all the money she's sending to Columbia. One day she gets a call and found out that Chris was cheating for the second time. And she got so mad she left work and she flipped her car and almost died. And then tried to blame Jamie for it. And said that she can't believe that um, Jamie doesn't believe her health issues. Or said that she didn't know about her health issues. Again, missed opportunity. I was like, I know that I did not sit this whole season long for no one to ask her. We even saw Gabe in one of the clips be like, oh, I can't stand her. And it's my neck, my back, my neck, my back. (laughs) Gabe, you've been a busybody this whole entire tell-all. And you didn't even say a word about this? Yeah, it's time to get busy, Gabe. Get activated. This, is, this was your time to shine. Right. You're already being a busybody. Ask her. Ask her about her broken neck. Ask her about the fact that she said she's going to need one of those collarbones and she needs friggin' surgery to, to fuse her, her broken back and her friggin' broken neck. And then how she jumped into the pool all neck first and twisted. <laughs> okay. How when she first came there, she's like, in the bed for two days because of the bumpy roads in Colombia. Okay. How she had to go and get her medicine immediately, if not sooner. And how she had to have the doctor come and bring her more medicine. How she was like talking to camera and telling how she was sending that money, but she looked like super sickly. How she's even on the tele, she barely said a few words until now. And even now, she's talking, you know how like crackheads, they talk like this and they talk really fast and they just say a bunch of words and the bunch of words don't work, make any yeah. sense. And they're- watch her, go back and watch her, you guys. I'm very observant because that is what booby sticking out, bra sticking out. Because you know what? Crackheads are not aware of any of it. They just saying the words 
because they want you to believe all the things and they think that if they talk fast enough then you can you're gonna catch on to something and believe something and that's all they care about yeah she's <laughs> not net first she's doing so, she's she's the worst she's the worst she's i'm just worst. saying i i feel like There's I'm been really a lot. sad that Jamie hitched her horse to Chris. I'm really sad that Chris has been able to manipulate the audience and the cast in part two and making it seem like Chris is the one in the wrong. Because here's the thing, April. Then she says all this stuff and then wants to slander um jamie and say that she cheated three times even though like all the time she's talking about is before they were together and definitely before they got married right mm -hmm. jamie admits to one time mm -hmm. but then she also says why she decided to start talking to someone else is because guess what Chris is on one of her mia benders and mm -hmm. she says it was five days and it was five days because uh Jamie kept calling 30 times a day and she didn't want to lose her job over it. So they took her phone. They took your phone. Your job took your phone. Your job took your phone. If that was true, I'm just going to say this because you guys get my point. But if her job took her phone and she's so busy cutting grass and power washing and all the things, how is she getting her next job? How's she getting her next assignment, her next gig, without a phone? Do you see what I'm saying? Because it was a lie. So then, <clears throat> she said all that, okay? All this drama and all these lies, and she tries to make Chris out to be this evil gold-digging witch. But then in the same, same mouth says, but you know what? I still love her. I'd sponsor her to come to the U.S. What? <laughs> what? Immigration note here. Um, if you have debts in your home country, you need to clear those up before you can consular process back to our regularly scheduled program. Oh, yeah? If you want to immigrate to the U.S., not emigrate from, right? To, yes, to. Okay. If she's talking about sponsoring her to come to the U.S., she's just creating a debt that she's going to have to deal with. Listen. Actually, I won't, I won't. I won't even go there. Let me just quickly wrap this up. So they go back and forth about cheating, about ghosting, jobs and not jobs, the status of their marriage. She says there's no marriage. And then uh, Jamie says that she's single. What does that mean? So, Sean, you're going to just let them say that, and we're not going to have a follow-up question. No follow-up. Did you guys get the divorce annulled? Did you not really even get married? Like, dude, I said dude. dude. This woman 
had a whole marriage, didn't understand the language, and had her all her nuptials in a foreign language, and she's just like, I, I'm going with it. So for all she knows, <laughs> it could have been it could, it could have been a Rishi situation, right? Where <laughs> saying some words, but the words are not the words you think they are. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. Right. And then here's where I just am disappointed in Debbie because, you know, you guys, I, I've loved Debbie and she's been the highlight of the season. She's definitely the fan favorite and, you know, the bell of the ball, all the things. But this episode, she did a lot of things that were like unnecessary and disappointing um, up to and including, you know, how she mocked the way Rishi spoke with his Hindi accent. I just got a tinge of her Southern hospitality. I'll say that. So then that being said, again, because all of a sudden the brown people are the problem. Debbie says that it's clear I'm not even going to do her voice because I'm mad at her right now. She says, it's clear that there is a giver and a taker in this relationship. The giver is Chris and the taker um, is Jamie. And uh, Jamie is manipulating the situation and uh, is a predator and is taking advantage of Chris. She and even, that. even Sean perked up and said, are you calling like this? Are you calling Jamie the predator? Because that's what we were all like. Have you sat and listened and watched this crackish behavior and you're going to call Jamie the predator? That's what you got from this? No one's going to call out the crackhead? Alleged? Let me just throw that alleged in there. But y'all saw it for yourself. No, that's what you. That's what you said, Debbie? Yeah, Debbie, you pulled it out the crack of your ass. That's a ridiculous assessment. Even if you didn't watch any of the show, if you're just watching the behavior, right, it's happening right beside you, that was not a very good assessment. But it helps us understand how you ended up with Osama. You're actually not a good judge of character. I want to say a lot of things. Okay, so then, and then they threw in at the last minute, the last second of the tell-all, you guys. Jamie says there's something about Chris's ex and naked photos and having sex with her boyfriend, and then there was no... I was like, what? There's there was... Pictures? There was no, like, handling of this whole situation. There was no hey, let's take these issues one by one or step by step. It was just a mess. And then she's like, Veronica, you read it because you speak Spanish. Ma'am, is that what y'all brought Veronica out here for? <laughs> it was just a mess. Where are your translators? And who's 
Who's running the show? Wouldn't even know if Veronica can do on the spot translation like that. Come on. That's... And Veronica's, she's the talent. <laughs> she's the talent. Just like how you're sending Nicole to run off first. Okay, so you guys, just like a just like a two by four, real quick, real quick in on Hollywood things. Okay. Most productions and studios, they don't want the talent running around. It's a huge liability, okay? Because the production people and the guys behind the scenes, they have equipment that's worth hundreds and thousands of dollars. If you step on it wrong, you look at it wrong, it costs a bunch of money. If you trip and fall, that's a lawsuit. Plus, also the equipment is effed up. They don't like it. They literally, that's why you see when they come in, they're always greeted by their producer. Because guess mm -hmm. what? The producer walks them through to their exact green room and they have to stay in that green room. They got to go to the bathroom. Guess what? They get an escort to the bathroom. Going to bring you on stage now. Everything's an escort because everything backstage is a liability. So for Sean to be like, hey, go and <laughs> just go wherever you're going to go and go find your husband. And then over here, we're not gonna have a translator. We're just gonna bring the talent and have the talent <laughs> translate. Like, who's running this rinky-dink nonsense? What is happening here? <laughs> Pull it together for part three. That's all I have to say. I was thoroughly impressed with part one. I felt like part two, the host was checked out a little bit and everyone's running amok and no one's asking the questions and the questions that are being asked by Gabe are clearly things that he cares about that he wants to be a shit disturber about but then when he really should have been a shit disturber he was quiet and silent and then a bunch of stuff gets told and then no one follows up so we're all sitting here with a like you guys we have information what naked pictures okay what naked pictures and you're gonna leave us with that so circle back yes part three any final thoughts, April? Final thoughts. I want everyone to have a very good night and be here next Monday. Everything she said. And you guys, don't forget to like and subscribe to my page. Tell a friend, tell a friend. Go ahead and head over to April's page. All things immigration law. She is an expert. Plus, if you want to have a little travel, travel. You know how I talked about how y'all aren't traveling enough? Head over to April's page. We've got all yes. the advice. Please, Americans, come join me on a travel. Come join me on a trip. And listen, I understand your plight. I, too, fight the spirit of America that wells up inside of me when somebody in the store won't give me what I want. But we could do this. We're in this together. I will leave that alone. I was about to say a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm like, I'm not about to put April's business out there. But... I will say this, join us tomorrow. Uh, we will be here early for you East Coasters and anyone that's watching us around the world, uh, 2.30 Pacific Standard Time tomorrow for our second episode of Match Me Abroad. It's good, y'all. It's, it's good. It's so good. And it's so, like, refreshing. All right. Toodaloo. Bye-bye for now. TTFN, like Tigger says. <laughs>